Lord, we just thank you for all that you've been to us, all that you will be to us. We thank you for your grace and your power and your mercy. Your mercy. Your grace, your mercy, and we thank you for your righteous judgments. Please bring your righteous judgments on the land. Please bring your judgment on the wicked. Please stop their mouths. Please stop their mobility. Stop their ability to go out and destroy buildings and to put on black faces and make it look like us. Uh, stop the wicked. Stop the wicked that look like me that go out and do things and hurt one another. Lord, I ask you to stop it. Either by repentance or by death. Why should they come by the earth if they're going to continue to destroy? Help us to look in this passage in Joel tonight and see that there is a hope for your people but it's predicated upon your standards. Help me to teach this, I pray. Amen. Amen, and even so, amen. Oh, I love going into the Word of God. It is my meditation. It is my thoughts. It is my presupposition. It is what allows me to be able to be dogmatic and have a reason for dogmatism. Tim, you just said you're dogmatic. Other people are dogmatic. They're dogmatic when they don't want you to follow God. They're dogmatic when they want me to call you cisgender or whatever. They're dogmatic when they tell me just let things go or that God has unconditional love, which is nowhere in the Bible. I said nowhere in the Bible. If you don't repent, you're not going to be saved. That is a condition, okay? Please understand that, Sherlock. Please figure it out and riddle me that. And when we look into the Word of God in the book of Joel, we've gone through. We've talked about teaching your children and your children's children. We've talked about the four things that God brings upon His people. His people. So that they would turn their lives around. Then we went through and we talked about how God is able to bring forth his mercy, but it was predicated upon rending your heart and not your garment. I said rending your heart and not your garment. It's about getting your mind to the place that you say, Lord, I realize that I've been wrong. I realize that I've been doing so many things outside of your will. And I want to get it right no matter what. Until we get to that, we'll always honor the wicked. We'll always honor the ungodly. We'll never be like Psalm 15 where a vile person is contemned. As a matter of fact, we'll march around in a pride thing with the vile. We'll uphold the vile. If the vile happen to have a black face, if the vile happen to be an individual that has been in a position of being elected, we don't care about their vileness. All we care about is that they got a black face. May God damn every one of us that will not make a differentiation between the holy 
and the unholy and the unclean and the clean and that which builds up a nation and builds up a people as opposed to tearing it down. You all don't understand sometimes these situations, people are playing for keeps. They're playing for keeps. They're taking more land. They're taking more property. They're taking body parts. They're taking education. And they're taking and they're deleting things in books and putting new things in books. They're changing your culture with words. They're changing your culture with gender. They're changing your culture with censorship. And you're sleeping through a revolution. Have you changed your name to Rip Van Winkle? I said, have you changed your name to Rip Van Winkle? And sleeping through the revelation, revolution. Andrea, I need you to adjust the sound on the phone for Tim. Will you do that for me, please? You're a precious lady. Sleeping through a revolution. And the sad thing about sleeping through a revolution is, many times, the ones that's doing the most sleep got the most mouth and say that they are awake. You're not awake. You're not awake to righteousness. You're awake to wickedness. And therefore, you'll do the lust of your ungodly father which is coming straight from the pit of hell. And I wanted my phone to be on Do Not Disturb. Because I know sometimes people have a tendency to call him. I don't want them to call Tim. Let's go back to where we were. Let's look at the blessing that he was going to give us in Joel 2.23. Because we're going to make it through this chapter tonight so we can get to chapter 3. Joel 2.23. Be glad then. You children of Zion, rejoice in Yahweh your God. How are you going to be really glad and as a righteous and a godly glad and it has nothing to do with Yahweh? It's because the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart are not acceptable in His sight. It's because in all your ways you're not acknowledging Him. That's why you're going to be like that. If you don't find joy. In the Most High God who is blessed forever. Joel says, Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in Yahweh your Elohim, Yahweh your God. For he has given you the former rain. He's given you the rain that comes at the first part of the season. And it says, at the, And the latter rain in the first month, at the latter end of your, of your produce, he gives you that. It says, and floors shall be full of wheat, prosperity, and fat shall overflow. Your fats will overflow with wine and oil. Do you think I care that your preacher tells you you can't drink wine? Do you really think I care? Who has he died for? Who has he raised for? What scripture did he write? Because somebody abused wine don't mean that everybody that drinks it will. Let God be true and learn how to understand when you or someone else is a liar. Then he says, 25, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. That doesn't mean he's going to restore Tim Merritt to 25. The years of the produce. The locusts didn't eat my years. The locusts didn't eat their years. 
the locusts ate their harvest, which may have represented some years. He said, but I'll restore. But what did he say before he restores? He started talking about the wheat. He started talking about the oil. He's talking about the wine. Then he says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. I'm going to give you back prosperity. I'm going to give you back that which would give you joy, that which you could come around with your family and have equanimity together. I'm going to give you that. He says, the canker worm and the caterpillar, he says, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, I sent them. Did you hear that? because you were outside of my will. I sent them because I kept my word through Moses that I would bring you down to your knees. I kept my word through Joshua. You can't serve me. I'm holy. Joshua says in that 23rd chapter, if you turn your back from God, he'll turn around and do you hurt. Even after he's done you good, I don't care what your pastor say. I don't care what you say. I'm just really getting to the place that I realize that other people don't care what I say. But that's not the real crux. If that were the crux, we could get over that. They don't care what the Most High God say. And they're going to force me, force me to go with what they say. No, I'm not the one. He says the canker worm and the caterpillar... And the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, ye shall eat and be satisfied. Do you know you can eat and get full and not be satisfied? Sometimes you can have a condition. Sometimes you can eat so much you hurt. Yes, you ate and you enjoyed it, but you're hurting. As a boy, we used to go to a thing called a Dogwood Pavilion on Labor Day. And have all that barbecue and stuff. And I remember one time I ate till I hurt. And I said, I'll never do that again. Because it hurt. I wasn't satisfied. Then sometimes you eat and you're not satisfied because you didn't get what you wanted. Listen to what Yahweh says. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of of Yahweh your God. You're going to praise me for what I've done. Now, what you don't see in that passage, which is understood to already be in that passage, I spanked that tail. Did you, did you know that the Bible can say that? I spanked that tail. <laughs> Listen to what he said. I have already sent the palmer worm. I sent the canker worm. That's my army. They destroyed. They ate up. And now, and now, you've torn your heart and not your clothes. And I will restore. I give you plenty. I give you satisfied. And you will praise my name. You're not going to be saying, I praise Yahweh. I praise Elohim. I praise El Shaddai. I'm praising El Elyon. I'm praising I am that I am. You might say that, but what you're doing, you're praising his authority. You're praising the very thing that people hate. They hate his name. They hate his authority. They hate his ability to be able to call the shots and decree. He said, at this time, after you've done what you wanted to do, after you have played the fool, and after I spanked that bottom, after I broke that hard heart, 
and you turn around and I'm blessing, you're going to praise my name now. You're going to praise my ways because when you had it your way, it wasn't good. Now you're able to eat and satisfy and be in peace. He says, now listen to this. This, is a, this second clause on that is awesome. And praise the name of Yahweh, your God, that has dealt wondrously with you. We have a tendency to think God has dealt wondrously with somebody when he raised them from the dead or when he heals you when you're sick. Maybe he brings you back from COVID. Maybe he brings you back from being broke. No! Don't limit our God like that! After he has whipped that butt! Uh, maybe I can't say butt. After he has chastened, after he has brought his army, after he has let you have famine, after he has let you have the sword, he dealt wondrously. He brought in locusts to control you. He brought in different armies. And after he has done that, after he has dealt wondrously, wondrously with you, you go right back to where he started you from in the 19th chapter of Exodus. I sent my cloud. I sent my noise. I sent my trumpet. You see that beautiful trumpet right there? He sent my trumpet. They can't see it. That's okay. They can see it another day. He's, I sent my trumpet. I sent all of those things and set Mount Sinai on fire. And I wanted you to understand that I'm the one to fear. Not your lack. Not your enemy. Not, not having your passions. Not, not having what you want. I taught you to fear me. You lost it. Mm. Now that I've dealt wondrously. Got your mind right. Was I clear? Because I thought I was. Okay. 27. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. If you read that haphazardly, God going to restore the years and the cake of worm and God going to restore all those years and give it all back and, and you're going to know I'm in Israel. Well, that's a superficial reading. You see, he talked about his army. He talked about what happened with his army. Then he talked about after you tell your heart, I'm restoring. Now he's saying he's dealt wondrously and you will not be ashamed or let down and you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. I'm here to judge. That's what we got to know. If there's nothing else that I can leave us with, he's in the midst. He's judging. He don't sit there like, You know how the cartoons that they'll do that sometimes and the cartoons be going to be whistling? No, he's judging. Where you get that from, Tim? Matthew chapter 18. I got a problem with Gary. I got a problem with you. I go to you to get it right. That's what it says, Matthew 18. If I get it right, you've gained your brother. All right, you do it again. Got an issue. They won't hear me. I bring two or three more. You won't hear them. Tell it to the assembly. You won't hear the assembly. Then you treat them like a heathen man, a person outside the parameters of the will of God, outside the kingdom of God, outside God's royal jurisdiction. You treat them just like you would a heathen man and a publican. That's what the Bible says. Why does he say that? He said, because we're two or three of you are together in my name. Where am I in the midst? I am there judging. 
you'll know that I'm in the midst. 27 again, and that I, Yahweh, am your God and none else. Not a social activist group, not your little strength, not your power, not your weapon. I am Elohim and there is none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Isn't that beautiful? That we could trust in him. That we could depend on him. That he could deliver us and make us free. Free. And it shall come to pass. Listen closer to this. And it shall come to pass afterwards. After I bring you restoration. After you've seen my judgments. After you see how wonderfully I can magnificently carry myself. You all remember one time when God dealt wondrously. Let's go back in your mind the book of Judges. Chapter 13. Woman looks out and she sees this man. And man tells her, you're going to have a child. If I'm not mistaken, the woman was barren. I don't get to get her name. I get to get her husband's name. I get to get her son's name. But... She goes back and tells her husband, I, I met a man. I, I think she said he was an angel. I, I, I don't remember that part. I, I hate when I forget it doesn't really matter. You go back and read and check up and see if I know what I'm talking about. And you'll see. But she said, um, he gave me some promises. She found that when I got him and come back out there. You, you, you remember? I saw you move your hand. And so, so he comes back out and his name is Manoah. He tells him gonna have the child, the matter the child will be, he'll be a Nazarite from birth. He won't eat grapes and he won't eat certain things of the fruit of the vine. He's not gonna deal with wine. He's gonna let his locks grow, and God's gonna use this young man to deliver Israel. Now other gods have gods of the sun, they have gods of the moon. We're gonna call him Samson. Well, Sam Samson's father before Samson was born was just Manoah. The husband of the lady. <laughs> he said, We gonna die! We gonna die! We don't see this! And because they offered a sacrifice and he went up. And the Bible said, The angel or the melaka, the messenger of the Lord who had talked to her and him, the, 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 the sacrifice was accepted and said, He did wondrously. Okay? He said, we're going to die. She said, with the wisdom of Andrina. Now, we you throw your wife's name in there for Because sometimes she had to bust me like that. How we going to die? We just said, we going to have a child. How? We know what happened with, uh, with, with Isaac and Rebecca. We know what happened with Abraham and his wife. This has happened before. This is not the first time. How is this going to happen? All right. So I just want you to see that the Lord, he dwelt wondrously. His people will not be ashamed. And it shall come to pass, I'm in Joel 2.28, that afterwards I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now what I like about that, and what I really find in that to be exciting, I find in that to find... You know, if you don't find any incitement in God's word, maybe you don't get the connections. Maybe you binge too much on Netflix. Maybe you binge too much on Hulu. Maybe you got too much other in your mind. But listen to what brings me a delight. 
This is what brings me a joy because there's a joy in this passage that goes back to Numbers chapter 11 that we were just in a few weeks ago. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 29. But I want you to see the, the, the taste of how this came about. In Numbers chapter 11, listen to how it starts out in the first verse. I'm not going to read it all because we're going to go to 29. But it says, and when the people complain, it displeased Yahweh. Why would that? Why would we? Why, just like back then, why would he be displeased? Because you think you know better than me. You think I'm not looking out for your best interest. You thinking that I don't know. It, it displeased Yahweh. And Yahweh heard it. And his anger was kindled. I remember as a boy when I would read that word kindled, I know something is getting ready to happen. I didn't know it meant hot of nose. I didn't know that's literally what it means mm -hmm. to become angry, to become hot of nose. But if you wear your mask sometimes, when they want you to and you wear it properly, if it's a good mask, you'll, under, you'll begin to see what hot of nose feel like. It says, And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were at the uttermost part of the camp. And the people cried to Moses. And Moses prayed unto Yahweh, and the fire was quenched. Well, they had a mixed multitude, and they just talked about, we eat this man, and we tired of this man, and we tired of what God's given us, and we just don't want no more of this kind of stuff. And Moses said something that was quite amazing. Moses, Moses says, I, God, I, I didn't bear all these people. It's too heavy. I'm in verse 15. And if you would deal with me like this with these kind of people. Y'all don't want to say that these, these are our kind of people. He said, if you don't, Lord. He said, please kill me. I pray thee out of hand. Just kill me. If I found favor in your sight, let me die and be righteous. In that, in that kind of sort of what I said that I did, I wanted to get right and die. Moses like, if I found favor in your sight, can you kill me now? Please kill if I found favor, if I'm fa if I found favor, if you're pleased with me, kill me, kill me now. Let just let me die. I'd rather not have to deal with these kind of people. And so God allowed him to take his spirit and put it on seventy men, and the men were supposed to come out, and they were supposed to come out and let Moses' blessing be on them. So, in verse twenty-seven. 26 I'm saying the men all of them didn't come out verse 26 says but there remained two of the men at the camp one of them named was Eldad and the other one was who's dad me dad me dad okay and the spirit rested upon them and they were those of those that were written but they didn't come out the tabern to the tabernacle and they prophesied and a young man ran. A young man ran. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, My Lord, my Lord, Moses forbid them. They're just speaking in the spirit. Forbid of Moses. Listen to this verse. And Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake? Probably. I didn't get an answer. Moses said, Would God that all Yahweh's people were prophets and that Yahweh would put his spirit upon them. Listen to what we're reading right here in the sweetness of Joel. 
and it shall come to pass after I spank, after I restored, after I bless, after I'm doing these things, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, not just 70. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Wait a minute, Moses said all flesh. But Moses only chose 70 men. Pour out your on your, it says, on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams. The one way I'm able to remember, because I would get confused sometimes, whether it's the old man dreaming the dream or the young man doing the vision. If you can remember Joseph, if you can remember Joseph, and you remember that Joseph could interpret visions or dreams, that might help you. It might not, because if you read it in, in KJV and you see dreams, you still may be confused. But I tried to help you, because I use memory techniques sometimes to help me lock something down. Your old men, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, like Pharaoh dreamed a dream, and Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream. It says, in your young men shall see visions and upon also the servants and also upon the servants and upon the handmaid all of them what did Moses say do you remember what Moses said let me read it again envious thou for my sake would God that the Lord's people look that all of the Lord's people were prophets and he would pour the spirit on them it just seemed like he just said that you, you know but God heard that. Now somebody said, Tim, that don't mean he did that because Moses said it. And I didn't say that, did I? I said he heard it. Moses was in line with what God wanted to do, and Moses said it, and I agree with it. Do you ever just wish to God and everybody would decide that they would want to do what God say, the way God say do it? And execute yeah. righteous judgment. Well, if you ever wish that, you've wished that the people were walking under the Spirit of God. Because without the Spirit of God, you are none of His. Okay, that's what the Bible says. Verse 29, And upon the servants and upon the handmaids, and in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and I will show wonders in the heaven and in the earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of Yahweh come. We're gonna look at that from the we're gonna look at it from where it's repeated in the book of Acts. But what I do want you to understand the great and terrible day of the Lord. I've already gone through this in one of the, the uh chapters that I've covered this before. The great and terrible day of the Lord is when the Lord coming to do judgment just like he did to Adam and Eve, just like he did to the children of Israel seven times in the book of Judges, just like he did when they went out there stomping around with the Ark of the Covenant at the Finney house and his doggone brother Hophni been up laying with the women and fat Eli and didn't do anything to stop them and yet want to criticize and call Hannah a drunken woman, a daughter of Belial, and she had to put him in check and God leave that girl alone. They go, they go put a blessing on her. Somebody said, I didn't read that part where well. you see the effect. Amen, amen, and amen. Verse 32, and it shall come to pass. And whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be delivered. That word delivered, that means to escape or to be saved from something. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance. Listen to this. Wherever the city of God is, there's deliverance. What? I'm going to change my voice so you get ready to hear it. Wherever the judgment 
and the rule of God is ruling, there is deliverance. You might think it's something that's going to bind you, but wherever the deliverance of God is, it's going to be intrinsically tied. It's going to be inseparably tied to what? To his kingdom rule. You will not be able to separate the deliverance of God from his kingdom rule. Tim, where you get something like that from? Let's use this. Let's use this picture. Did they come out of Egypt on their own? No. Did they? Did they have to go and did they have to go pick a lamb? Did they have to make sure they didn't have spot? Did they have to make sure however many people were in the house to eat it? Did they have to kill it? Did they have to put the blood on the doorpost? Did they have to eat it in the clothes on and with haste? Their deliverance was based mm -hmm. upon his kingdom rule. What about in the book of Judges, same thing? What if you go through the whole Bible, David's kingdom rules, same way till he messed up. You think David just went out there, I'm going to kill that giant and get me a prize. No. You come to me with sword and spear, but I know who kingdom I represent. You have defied the armies of the living God. Let me let me say this. I want to hit this thing like that um, Dillard woman, but I'm not. Here we have Bibles, Bible apps, Bible computers, and all of this. And many of us, we don't seem to care that people defy the army of the living God or defy the living God. And we never go and look at the battle. Is that I'm his. And he's mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm vested. You'll be more vested in Obama. You'll be more oh, vested in Trump. You'll be more true. vested in John Lewis. You'll be more vested in Bill Clinton. You'll be more vested in whatever Shirley Chisholm or whatever kind of politician that was, or, or whether it's uh, Louis Gomez. You're more vested in not wanting somebody to say something to defy them than you will the Most High God. And God's jealous. They can defy him all day and be like, okay, well, you ain't supposed to force your religion on them. Who told you that? They're always forcing theirs. You just don't, you just don't smell the coffee. Mm -hmm. You went in the bathroom and it is filthy. You still smell nothing. <laughs> you can't smell coffee. You can't smell filth. And yet you want to pontificate with wisdom. You don't, you don't have what it takes. It says, calling his name shall be delivered. For Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance. Deliverance is always tied to God's kingdom rule. And Yahweh has said, And in the remnant whom Yahweh shall call. This is a sovereign act of him. Let's run, in our, not even in our mind, let's go to Acts chapter 2 and let Peter do some explaining of what this passage is about. Is that, is that good? It is. I want you to look at chapter 2 verse 1 in the book of Acts. And when the day of Pentecost, that's the 50th day, was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there were a, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. Okay, so um, and when people use the book of Acts as a prescription of what they're supposed to do, as opposed to a description of what happened, you can ask them sometimes, how do you pick this one to just be descriptive and the other one to be prescriptive if neither one told you that this is what you got to do? But I'm 
how he's going to deal with that issue right now. There came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. I bet you that was the same kind of sound that Adam and Eve heard. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues. Notice, there appeared. It wasn't just a sound. It appeared as a fire that set upon each of them. It set on the top of their head, their cranium. Do you understand that when the fire came to Mount Sinai, it set on top of the mountain? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Do you understand that this was the same day, you know, the same, the same, type, of, the same time of the year, Pentecost, when this happened? Uh, it wasn't accidental. The noise, the sound, and all of that. Instead of doing it on the mountain, I'm doing you. Mm. I'm not look. I'm not looking for a. Would you say to me? Same day. Same day, Pentecost. I'm looking not for a geographical area mm. that's stationary. I'm looking for a person that has some geo earth in them that's filled with my spirit because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And it says, and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. Did Moses want the Spirit on all of them? And they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. But these people had tongues that sat on their head. These people had cloven tongues of fire that had happened that day. These people had all of that. It was a, But anyway, we won't go there. As the Spirit gave them utterance. They didn't do this on their own. This one was something that was given. But why are you reading that? Because I wanted to get to the next verse too. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. How did all of these Jews get to be under every nation under heaven? If their area that they had was Palestine, if their area is what they had what God gave Abraham, because most people don't know God gave him to be heir of the world, it's because they were scattered. But if you don't like what you call your Old Testament, you won't know they were scattered. You won't know the Assyrians scattered them. You won't know that they took other people out and broke them in. You won't know Nebuchadnezzar scattered them. But they were scattered. And they said they were still devout. Out of every nation under heaven, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and was confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. I want, I want to bring this to you now. Do you understand when I, get, when I read this, I'm going to show you something. Watch him. It says, and they were amazed and marveled one another, but not, uh, behold, not all these speak Galileans, Parthians, or Persians, okay? Parthians, Medes, Medes and the Persians used to be together. But what about the Emilites? What about the daughters of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia? Do you think that all these Jews that dwelt about in different parts of the world spoke the same language? Phrygia, Pamphylia, and Egypt, okay? And parts of Libya, Serene, and strangers of, wait a minute, Rome? Jews and Prosites, Cretes and Arabians, these are not all the same languages. But notice what they said. Notice what they say. It says, we do hear them speak in our tongues. They're speaking in tongues, but we hear in our tongues them speak the wonderful works or the wondrous works of God. What did Joel say? He says, I've done wondrously. God pour out my spirit. For the latter days. How can we. We've been scattered. We know to come. We know the ritual. But we don't. Everybody know the language anymore. But we hear them speaking our language. Well we grow up. Twelve. And they were all amazing and doubt. Saying one to another. What means this others is mocking. These men are full of new wine. 
Joel had talked about the new wine being cut off. But Peter's thinning up. You're tired of people talking about Peter. Most people have something to say about Peter. I'd take Peter over there every day of that dead gun. What did I say? Let me say it this way. Most people that call Peter impetuous and have too much to say about Peter, I would choose him any day of the week to sit at his feet and learn about the mighty things of God. He was the one that was on the Mount of Transfiguration with the Lord. He is the one that seen the fish come up. He is the one that cut Quaytown Malchus ear off. He is the one that saw the Lord heal it. He is the one that God has given a lot of opportunities to seek things that other people and you run your dead gum stank tail mouth and act like you're better than Peter. You know you're not. And then he says, you men as you did. This is what Peter says. And all that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you. Hearken to my words. You want to you wanna see if he's stupid? These are not drunken as you're supposed to be in the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So how do I know this? It's because of the fact, after the road to Emmaus, I was taught the scriptures. I was taught the power of God. I was taught what matters. And now Peter is saying, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it will come to pass in the last days. Peter is saying this is the last days. Notice this is that 16. This is a that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it will come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He just did it in that in, in that first few verses. It says, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, quoting Joel, what Moses wanted to happen. And your young men will see visions, your old men shall see dreams, and on my service and on my handmaids will I pour out in those days. And he's saying, this is that day, this is that day, I will pour out, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. They're going to be people in the kingdom of God. The victory of encouragement once the heart is rent is to walk with him in spirit power to redeem this world or to indict this world. Verse 19, he says, I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. And, uh, Joel said, pillars of smoke, same thing. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And we talked about these kind of things happening, darkness and all that, but I'm not finished. Let's go back to Joel and let's get that last little taste of that because I want you to see what happens in verse 21 where the salvation part comes in because a lot of times that's the only thing people want to hear is the salvation. They don't want to see the part where God is doing his magnificent works. You see, if you, when you think only about salvation, you don't think about kingdom, you think about yourself. When you think about kingdom, you think about doing his will. Again, I really like people to start, if you're going to do prophecy or you're going to deal with anything with uh, prophecy, go back and understand that they had a school of the prophets and all of the prophets had a way to speak. And God bless I don't know where Adam Clark, who all he read to get this information, but I want to just read you a little bit of how to understand blood, fire, vapors of smoke, a prophetic language. This is in his introduction. You can find it online free. Okay, this is an introduction 
to the prophet, to the prophet Isaiah, okay? Listen to what it says. Hebrew poetry, perhaps being owed to some rules taught in the prophetic schools, which did not allow the same latitude with disrespect as other poetry, whatever it may be owing to, the uniform manner in which the prophets apply these images tends greatly to illustrate the prophetic style, and therefore it will be proper now to consider the sources from which those images are frequently derived, and the subjects and the ideas which they severally denote. Severally, that means individually. These sources may be classed under four heads. Excuse me, natural, excuse me, artificial, religious, and historical. Let me read it backwards. Historical, religious, artificial, natural. One more time. Natural and artificial. They, you can kind of see they play off of each other. Then religious and historical, because most people don't realize that history is religious. Okay, number one. The first and most copious as well as the most pleasing of all images in prophetic writings, as in all other poetry, is nature. And the principal images drawn from nature together with the application are as following. The sun, moon, and stars, the highest objects in the natural world, figuratively represents kings, queens, and princes and rulers. The highest in the world, politic. The moon may be confounded. And the sun ashamed, illustration Isaiah 24, 23. The moon shall be confounded. The sun shall be ashamed. When Yahweh of hosts reigned in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before the ancient's glory. I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof black. I will cover the sun with the cloud and the moon shall not give her light. That illustration comes from the beautiful book of Ezekiel 32. Listen, light and darkness are used figuratively for joy and sorrow, prosperity, adversity. Quote, Isaiah 59 and 9, we wait for light, but behold, obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. A common degree of light denotes uncommon degree of joy and prosperity and vice versa. The light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. The light of the sun shall be sevenfold. Isaiah 30 and 26. Is this boring? No. Okay, I didn't want, I didn't want to make sure. The same metaphors likewise are used to denote knowledge and ignorance. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah 8 and 20. The people that walked in darkness have seen great light. Isaiah 9 and 2. Nature. Again, we're dealing with nature. Dew. Moderate rains. Gentle stream. Running waters denotes blessings of the gospel. The dew is the dew of herbs. Isaiah 26, 19. He shall come unto us as the rain. Hosea 6 and 3. I will water every moment. Isaiah 27, 3. I will pour water on him that is thirsty. Isaiah 44 and 3. In moderate rains, on the other hand, hail, flood, 
deep waters, torrents, inundation denotes judgments of destruction. Those that are biblically literate is like, that is true. I will rain upon him ever-flowing rain and great hailstones. Ezekiel 38:22. Waters rise up out of the north and shall overflow the land. Sweet Jeremiah 47 and 2. Nature, fire, and of the east wind parching hurtful frequently denote the same. Let me read it again. Fire also, and the east wind parching and hurtful frequently denote the same thing. They shall cast thy choice cedars into the fire. One illustration. He stands this rough wind in the day of the east wind. Wind is often taken in the same sense. The wind shall eat up your pastures. What does fire do? Devour. What do the locusts do? Devour. Sometimes it is put for anything empty or fallacious as well as hurtful. Fallacious or hurtful. Remember you were teaching Jeremiah? The prophets have become like wind. Hurtful. Parching the people. They have sown the wind. And they shall reap. The whirlwind. See? Do y'all want some more? Or do we go back to my text? No. I, I, even, I, I mean, it just, there, there is so much. Just on on the natural. Let me slide. Let me slide down a Where little are you bit. Reading from? I'm reading from the introduction of the book of Isaiah, okay. Adam Clark. Okay. And you know we did this when we went through the book of the Revelation because mm -hmm. so many times when you go through the book of the Revelation, you got all these people just coming up with what they want to say, what they want to do, and it it really gets to the place where what is real but there is a pattern there's a pattern that is used and so it, it just goes through so many uh, we could talk about some more discussion i do want to finish the passage okay. because if i if i don't finish it then i won't finish it and i want to finish it wasn't that brilliant <laughs> if i don't finish it then i won't finish sometime i sometime i i might have to just shake myself when i say stuff like that I didn't, I, I didn't say be happy, Gary. I just said shake myself. The sun should be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Again, those are pictures that were used to show certain things that would happen. And God would judge the different nations. He would judge Moab. He would judge Ammon. And this is the one that I first started looking at when I was younger. Listen to this in Clark. Is this Clark? I don't think this is Adam Clark. I think that this is Biblical Hermeneutics, a treatise on interpretation of the Old and New Testament. Milton S. Terry. Just, just say Biblical Hermeneutics if, or a Biblical Understanding. Milton S. Terry. T-E-R-R-Y. T-E-R-R-Y, yes. Okay. It, is a notable, it is noticeable that the record of prophetic dreams of the heathen, for example, Dreams of the heathen of Pharaoh, the baker, the Midianite, Nebuchadnezzar are accompanied by an example explanation. 
We observe also that the dreams of Joseph and Pharaoh were double or repeated under different forms. Joseph's first dream was a vision of sheaves in the harvest in the field. His second, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars. Genesis 35, I mean 37, 5 through 11. Both conveyed the same prognostication and were so far understood by his brethren and his father to excite the envy of the form, former and draw the serious attention of the latter. I just rather you say, make the brothers mad, make the daddy pay attention. Joseph explains the two dreams of Pharaoh as being one. Remember that? And the fat cows and the sheaves, he said, oh, the two dreams, they are one. They were double. And declared that the repetition, the repetition of the dream of Pharaoh twice was because it was established from God. God was hastening to accomplish it, verse 32. Here is a hint for the interpret interpretation of other dreams. Daniel dreamed vision, its four beasts out of the sea, and substance and repetition of Nebuchadnezzar dream of the image. Remember, the four beasts that came out of the water mm -hmm. represent the four nations just like the four. These are some of the things that when you start looking at the sun, the moon, don't go start looking for the moon to be dripping blood from heaven through the atmosphere. Or you, um, the sun it can turn red mm -hmm. and the sun can be blocked, but it's, it's dealing with nations. Mm -hmm. And these are things that are used. And I just thought that I would bring that in because I've said it before, but I wanted to say it from the vantage point of looking at the book of Acts because I wanted to stay clear. <clears throat> and so he said, this would happen before the great and terrible day of the Lord. If you know anything about the history of Jerusalem and Judah, if you know anything about Alexander coming in and taking over for a while uh, during the Maccabean period, and you've got Edomites in charge, and after you got Edomites in charge, you have Rome in charge, mm -hmm. and then you have the children of God under all of this oppression, and instead of choosing God, they say, we have no king but Caesar. And they always want to throw Moses in the Christ's face. They said, if you had believed Moses, you would have believed me, mm -hmm. for he wrote of me. You want to throw Abraham in my face? He said, Abraham saw my day and was glad. Mm -hmm. But see, Moses said one thing that they asked, are you that prophet? That's what they asked John the Baptist. Well, he was that prophet. And from Deuteronomy chapter 18 and 15, when that prophet came, you would hear him. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't hear him, it would be required. I submit, let me say it slowly, that the very thing that happened with Jeremiah's preaching and Ezekiel's preaching is what happened under the Christ. He came, people would not repent, they hardened their heart, and just like the spirit left in Ezekiel, it went from the altar, it went to the mountain, Christ left the temple, he went to the mountain, not only did he go to the mountain, but shortly thereafter, Jerusalem was burned during the time of Nebuchadnezzar and, and, and Jeremiah, Ezekiel, definitely, the temple was burned. Those were what we call the last days mm -hmm. that Joel was talking about primarily. Are they gonna, is there going to be a last day of the end of the world? The Bible says it is. 
Tim, where you get that from? Well, let's just cut to the chase. First Corinthians fifteen twenty-seven, when the Son has subdued all of His enemies under His feet, the last one being death. Then he's going to give the kingdom back to the Father, and then he himself will be subject to the Father. So if there's not going to be a last day, that could not could not take place. Well, let's get to 32, because we're almost through. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That's what Joel said. This is what is quoted in Romans 10, 8, and 9, where it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God is raising from the dead, you shall be saved. There is a salvation for his people, even in the midst of judgment. It's but those that's got the call on his name. Well, I've, I think I've gone through Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 14, and showing that, you, that this is what Paul is quoting from in Romans 10, and I don't think I want to go back and read it unless... I was, unless you think that I should go back and read it, but it says, this is what he's going to do. Those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Go back with me to Acts so we can just finish this out because he is really, Peter is really showing, I'm not the one y'all think that I am. I'm deeper than that. I'm better than that. He goes on and shows about the sepulcher of David and being that prophet and David's soul was left in the grave, but Christ's soul wasn't in hell, left in hell according to the Psalms. But listen to what he says, verse 30, and being a prophet, I'm in Acts 2 and 30, mm -hmm. knowing that God had sworn that of the fruit of his loin according to the flesh, he would raise Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell. This Jesus God is raised, whereof we are all witnesses, and being by the right hand of God exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, which is shed forth, which you see and hear. He sent that which Moses wanted. He sent that which Moses wanted. He said Moses couldn't give that. Mm -hmm. Seventy men for Moses. That's it. But he sent the fullness of the Spirit. Said David didn't ascend to the heavens, but says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Until all of God's enemies are his footstool. That's what it said. This is why we should be in the fight. Mm -hmm. So that we are helping subdue. Seventeen it ain't 17, oh, I cannot believe it. I think it's 17 and 20 Romans that God will shortly put bruise Satan under our feet. It's not it. Seven, those, Look seven, and see. Look and see. 16, 16, I believe it is a 17. 16. Look and see if it's 16, 16 and 20, but I believe it is a 17 when they talk about Phoebe. Okay. But, but I believe you're right on your point. And I'm going to keep talking. Okay. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God has made the same Jesus whom you've judged, whom you've crucified, who you condemned. He's made him not condemned. He's made him to be the one in charge. He made him both Lord and Christ. I believe, I believe it is 1620. It says, now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Listen. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what must we do? You see, if you walk around saying that Jesus forgave them, say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, this question would not, this question makes no sense. Mm -hmm. 
He said, what was, what must we do? And then Peter said, repent. He said, every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin, not for to be remiss of sin. If, if I take this match right here for a headache, I'm not taking it to get the headache. I'm taking it because I already got a headache. Now take this message. Somebody said, if you bite a certain way, the headache will go away. For the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises to you and to your children. Are we his children? So what's wrong with us? Mm. Why are we walking around defeated? Mm. Why are we walking around buck to buck dancing, Jim Crowing, instead of walking in victory? Oh. It says, you know, Jim Crow was what they call a Jewish man with black face. So they always did that. You, know, you go Google it. You see, they, they make black face out of us and make fun of us a lot of times. But, but they're not called anti-Semitic because Semitic is a term that's given to people by man as opposed to looking at what God said, but that's another issue for another message. He said, the promises to you and your children, as many as are far off, even to as many as God will call, and with many other words, listen to this, Gary, did he exhort saying, save yourselves. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Save yourselves. I thought you couldn't save yourself. Was Peter wrong? There's something that you must do to be saved irrespective of what God has done and torn out his spirit. That is to empower you. Let's get this done right quick. In Philippians chapter 2 and 12, and it says, Save yourself from this untoward generation. The word is the same word that's called crooked. In Philippians 2 and 15, it says that you may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Did Paul agree with Peter? Let's see if Paul agreed with Peter. We ought to see, don't we? I know we should. Look at 2 Philippians. And let's look at 11. Wherefore, my beloved, you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you. You're not doing it on your own. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. That you may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Hold it fast the word of life that I may rejoice in Christ. That I have not run in vain. Neither labored in vain. Notice, Paul calls it a perverse generation, a perverse nation. Mm -hmm. Peter, when Peter says for those people to repent, every one of you, then he tells them to save themselves, didn't he? Save yourselves. Look at it if you want. If you want to, verse number forty from this untoward. That's the same word Paul used from this crooked. Paul called it crooked and perverse. Paul added another adjective. And they gladly received the word. The last one is on Acts 4. You all probably already know that one by heart. Acts number 4 verse 11. It's good stuff. Acts 4 and 11. And what is that when Peter said there is no other name whereby individual can be saved. It's actually 12. I was wrong. The stone is in 11 that the builder said it, not is the head of the corner. 
There is no salvation in no other name that a man can be saved. What does that mean? Because of the fact these are the last days. And Moses' law is now coming to fulfillment under the law of Judah. Moses' position as prophet is being superseded by the one that's the prophet that never fails. Mm -hmm. The high priest is going to be forever. Mm -hmm. God is keeping his promise to Israel that in those days, I'm going to write my law in your heart, in your mind. They all shall know me from the least to the greatest. That's what he said he's going to do. That's, that's it right there. The last days. The last days of the temple system. The last days of doing the sacrifice. The last days of the training will. In other words, time to grow up. Time to grow up. Tell me where you get that from. Jesus said if you know the doctrine, you will do. If you do the doctrine, you will know it. I didn't read it because I, I wanted to cut time. And then Jesus told them in Matthew chapter 28 and 18, he told them to go in all the world and teach them to observe all things that I command you. Hebrews chapter 2 says, If you're going to neglect so great salvation at the first, it was spoken by the Lord and confirmed by those that heard him. He bore them witness with signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think there's nothing to do but save yourself from this untoward generation, erase Revelation chapter 2 and 3. You keep saying, I know your words. I find something in you I don't like. If you don't remove it, I'll remove your candlestick. I want you to go to your first love. I found something that you, in you I don't like. I don't like that Nicolation stuff. I found something in you that I don't like. What are you finding us that you, you've been following the teaching of Baal? You've been mixing and mingling and, and chingling and jangling. And <laughs> I don't. I will cut you, slap off. Uh, you you play me for the fool. You're not hot or cold. You make me want to throw up. That's what we used to call it. We didn't call throw it vomit when that little call it throw up. We want to throw up. But if that's not enough, I won't give you a white stone. I won't give you a new name. I won't let you have a, ro a rod of iron to roll. In the last days, in the last days, God speaks by his son, whom he's appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Tell me they're going to be a last. After that, gum lootly. But don't ignore this one. What was the question? Yeah, I was going to say. You know, Timothy, they're going to be a last day. They're going to be an end of the world. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But that was not going to happen until this was inaugurated. Yeah, that's the question. That's the question. <laughs> well, I hope that Chapter 2 has brought us in. Now we can move to Chapter 3. <laughs> and if it didn't, we can discuss it. Yes, sir. Father, I thank you for your power, your grace, and your mercy. I thank you for showing us that repentance means something to you. I thank you that if we rend our hearts and not our clothes, after we see how wonderful you are, you are willing to restore. But even with that restoration, we must continually call on you yes. to do your will. To save ourselves from this untoward generation, not because we have the power, but because you both work in us the will and the do of your good pleasure. 
And will you put that up there? I, I really would like to see that on the on the Facebook, that Philippians chapter two and eleven. I I love that scripture. Two and twelve. It's two and twelve. That's what it is. I think that's what you said. Okay, if that's what I said, that's what it is. I'll pray. Forty Acts two and twelve. Yeah, I I'd like that up there, cause I, that scripture is magnificent. So now What's we. The name of the text. That you said was by Adam Clark. Was it of the prophets or was it? Yes, yes, yes. It's an introduction to Isaiah the prophet. Okay. So now we can have discussion. Give me a moment. What's on with my eyes? But anyway, I'm good. Any comments? Any rebuttal? So anything that you'd like to add to what I've said? Why anybody hate me? <laughs> no, I want you to read a little bit from the artificial, and then a little bit from the historical, and a little bit from the um. The, I mean, I, I mean, I thought it was interesting, but I, I think I understand why you did. But I, I'd like you to look at it. I I think I always think it's artificial. <laughs> 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 that was dumb. Well, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I always think that it's good because every time I get ready to go through, like if I if I were getting ready to go through the Revelation again or from one of those books, I go back and I I go back and check because I realize that this is good stuff. So at first you said the school of the prophets, but mm -hmm. then you read the introduction. You said it was the introduction to Isaiah. So I don't know if, if I would be looking, if I wanted that. Well, you would not find the school, you, you'll hear them talk about the school of the prophets, but you won't, I mean, uh, unless you've got some books I don't have yet, you, it wasn't like they had books that mm -hmm. we could see. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so I, what I meant was I thought you were saying Adam Clark had written something on that, not that I would see something from those those people. That were actually he, in he school. wrote something from school. To, he wrote something about the school of the prophets. He was talking about Adam Clark, and he mentioned school of the prophets. So I didn't know if there was a book on. The he, see, they had a school of the prophets, and what he is alluding to is that they learn different ways to look at things. Okay. okay. And to be able to. Okay. Gotcha. They learn when they receive messages and visions. To they learn how language. to. Yeah, they. And then you copy how, from Moses. Okay. Okay. You know, I call her, okay, heaven and earth are witnesses. Right. Because well, where, where did they get this this stone named Ed? How right. you know this stone going to be a witness? Mm -hmm. How you going to get, you know, how you going to learn these things? You, I mean, God could just give it to you. But we find out or we start to see that it was actually given. Mm -hmm. Almost, it, I'm telling you, when... Nobody told me this. It doesn't mean I'm brilliant. Mm -hmm. But I learned everybody's quoting Moses. Mm -hmm. They quote Moses. And so Moses is very important. Even Jesus quotes Moses. Mm -hmm. One of the highest comments he gave Moses is, if you believe Moses, you wouldn't have a problem with me. Well, he wrote of me. But Moses, who you say you trust, that's that... uh. John movie. Right. He'll condemn you. Mm -hmm. Did you watch it before? Yeah. 
I, I think Ann used to watch it, listen to it, and uh, it, it, it's it just like something happening. <laughs> what you say, Andrina? I did. I was laughing. Oh, he he he, 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 he turned his head like they did when he said Moses. Uh huh. <laughs> turned with, with let, Shirley Temple curls. Let, let me go. Let, let me go back to that. You know those dreads, right? Yeah, oh, imitated okay. dreadlocks. That you got the, the long Shirley Temple no. curls. You imitating dreads. It worked, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So that that's why they have a little curls in them. That's what's supposed to be like. You see the same. You see the same. You see the same thing in um when they doing that on the wall. Mm-hmm. They had that Shirley Temple Kendrick. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I hadn't I hadn't thought about that in so long. I'm looking for I'm I'm looking for something in particular for you, Gary. Okay. Uh, because let me see the ability of stupefaction. That's not the one that I want. There's Rams. Here we. I think I'm here now. I'm still in the natural. He went a long way in the natural. He's so magnificent. I'm, I'm, I'm coming down, still sliding. Let's see. Religion. So there, no, no, I, I can just read more because none of it is boring. No, I was going to ask you another question. Go, go ahead because I'm, I'm looking for a, a header. You seem to do a summation or not summation. When you said um, this is that what you spoken of, and you went from where they were talking, and the tongue came down, and they began to speak in the, in the various languages. And you went, I think, to Hebrews 10 and 12, where it's written on their heart and mind. So you're you're saying that's further, that's a further expounding on that that we saw. In Joel and Acts, is that is that what I'm to understand? No, you you're, you're to understand that it is, but that's not what Clark said, or that's not what Peter was saying. I'm saying due to the fact that this is what happened, Pentecost, mm -hmm. and that he came and set his fire down on top of Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. He had the noise. They had the fire, they had the lightning, they had the voice, they had all of that. Mm -hmm. And they were afraid Moses exceedingly fear and shook. Mm -hmm. On Pentecost, instead of being on one mountain, on all these little heads, right. fire, wind, all of, the, all of the sounds, and then the voices that they heard. Remember that God told them in Deuteronomy, when you came, you didn't see a shape. Mm -hmm. All you heard was a voice. Mm -hmm. They heard a voice and then they spoke. And I'm saying, those things happened. And it was, instead of being a centrally located place, mm -hmm. or him coming down making this covenant with you, mm -hmm. I'm doing it with each of you. I'm showing you with each one of you all. So, that's not exactly what I'm asking. What, what was it? Was it good information then? But in the sense that you're going to prophesy and you're going to dream dreams and have visions, so it's like 
you said they're not going to need to go to a priest in so, in so many words for that. But then you said, I'm going to write it on the table of their hearts and in their minds. So I'm saying, you're, you're putting, what are you putting? I truncated the end of the message because I had more stuff to read. But you are you on the same page. And when I, when I cut it short for the sake of time, it is hard for some people to ever understand that there was always to be an end to Moses' ministry mm -hmm. because it was to be superseded by the Son of God. Mm -hmm. It was always that Moses was a lawgiver, but it was given to him. And the Bible says a lot of the things that Moses gave them was added because of transgression until the right one came. And that's why Galatians 4 and 4 says when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the, under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we could receive the adoption of sons. So when Christ comes, he's that prophet that Moses talks about. Mm -hmm. But him being that prophet, he's not going to throw away everything that I said. But the things that you got confused or that you stumbled over, a stumbling block, I want to move that now. We're no longer going to kill the animal. You're going to die daily. Mm -hmm. We're no longer going to have to go to the tabernacle to get right with God. You need to be right in your heart. So that's why they call Christ a rock of offense because they don't want to let go. They don't want to let go. It's a, a, that's one of the reasons. Okay. One, he remember they say he wasn't educated. Mm -hmm. Where does man learn some letters? Mm -hmm. Who, who he be? <laughs> he yeah, is. And the big. other reason was money, 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 money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the money in control. Mm -hmm. And we so, have the same. We have the same kind of stuff in this world right now. Uh -huh. If you, if people don't begin to realize how much money is in politics to get what they want. I'm going to tell you something. I like a lot of things that Dr. Claude Anderson taught me about uh, history, black history. Not only did he teach me stuff about black history, but I went to go check up on him to see if he knew what he was talking about. And I never found him to be wrong in what he talked about when he talked about history. But he says until the time people would get to the place that they can get enough economic power and buy themselves a politician, you have nothing. Now, I will not agree with that. On the secular side, that's how they do it. Yeah. That is how it's done. Yes. They buy politics. And if you don't think politicians are bought, look at how they vote. And judges. Yes. And judges too. Yes. And if you and if you and if you don't if you don't then they you can just die. I think I still think Scalia didn't just die. And I think there's a reason that stuff wasn't said. You know, you can go too. But here, but here's the point. When you realize with all your heart that these are the kind of things that are going on, where are we going to be? Moses didn't have to buy Pharaoh. Moses didn't have to buy the princess. What he did was he really was right, got right with God, got the people to shut their mouth and get right with God. And those people, as Ann say, they said, get them out of here. The people said, get them out of here. We are destroyed. The people, the one gave them the gold, the silver, the linen, and all of that. And if we don't get to the place where we can understand that it's got to be God, We'll be out trying to buy politicians with less money than the people that own companies 
and the wickedness will still prevail. Trust, trust, that's really going to happen. Because even, you know, you see it, it's, it's bad because you have one side that says, okay, we're trying to stop abortions. This is what they're saying. We're trying to stop abortions. We're trying to stop child trafficking, human trafficking. And we're, we're trying to get it to where, you know, we do something about the pedophiles. But then you see the other side, and they're going forward with their plan. I, I truly believe they bought Roberts, okay? I believe he's bought and paid for it. Either bought or yeah, a handle. Either way, yeah. either way. Mm -hmm. when, when somebody extort you, you mm -hmm. know, if yes. you, uh, you are vulnerable they did to extortion. And so then you get these judgments still being passed where they're slowly still going towards let's make pedophilia legal because nobody wants to go to jail just like everybody in the Catholic Church. They don't want none of them ever go to jail. They give them a little money and then they send them on their way and it's like you can never give enough money to get rid of that. Somebody should die. So, not just be locked up. Yes. Some people need to die. Like, so, like God has said. Right. So, you get to see it, and it's still going that way. And so, whenever you talked about buying politicians and buying judges, yeah, they are for sale. But it's like the wickedness is still going to continue. And it's like getting people to see that you are oppressed because you've, you're laying down with the dogs. You have decided that this is better. It's better for us to watch all these movies where people are killing each other, to fill our minds and our hearts with this wickedness. And then when I would read that in Genesis where it say, and they did evil continually, I'm like, how, did, how is that? I'm witnessing it. 24-7. And, 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 and that's just the days and, uh, and hours. But what about the channels? Yeah, so, and, and we think in our minds, oh, this is just play acting. But this is in the heart of men. They, they, they didn't just come up with this to put it on paper. These are things that they actually do. These are sins and atrocities they actually commit. They just decide to write about it and to share it with you. And to change your mind about what good and what evil is. And have you rooting for some people you shouldn't be rooting for. And feeling some type of way about somebody you shouldn't. You know, and, and feeling sorry for somebody that you shouldn't feel sorry for. And they do these things. And even though we don't participate, it does something to our minds and they know it. Yes. This, this is why they put it before our eyes. And so unless we bathe in the word. And we can understand if we do watch anything, how to watch it. Yes, Lord Jesus. And what to take from it. And some of these things, they tell you stuff they're going to do. I've watched a video where this, they went, they was talking about some sort of pandemic. Mm -hmm. And guess what drug they say they needed to use? Hydrochloroquine. That's it. Guess what else they say? You can, let's wear masks. What, what good are masks? We should wear masks. No, we shouldn't wear masks. Same stuff that's happening. Can you remember the name of that movie? Because I, I heard somebody, the name I heard somebody movie. else talk about it. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. This is some sort of um, 
it was some sort of movie about a pandemic. I'll get that information for you so you can post it. No, it's no. These are just. It was basically all white people. Okay. It was. It was nothing. It was an old movie, but it was like a like one of those B movies. Okay. You know, okay. it wasn't like this big screen thing. Wow, you know. Yes, and they and they, and they said it so many times in the movie, but um. You start I, saying say, that they, I saw excerpt. They had a hospital room. They had people in there and people in uniforms. I do remember that. Right. So I mean, the same things, you know, and and you know, I've I've heard of um, what's his name, the president of um, Ghana. Mm -hmm. He read off the the Rockefeller agenda. I think it was Rockefeller. Well, you know the UN, the UN doing stuff, shut down that stuff. That he had found where they had planned it all. But anyway, I'm getting. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm getting off the point. The, the point was that it's um, the language. I like that that you went back to Isaiah, well, Adam Clark, and the figurative language. And if you're ready to talk about the other part, that Gary. Um, is, no, I'm, I'm, I'm he still got a long line, but go ahead. Because you, you. People don't read the Bible as it. I want to say this, but it's people kind of get crazy when you say it, though. But it's still literature, so I still got verbs. It's you know what I'm saying. I still got nouns. I still have adverbs. I still, you know, it's I still have figurative language. I I have all of these things. I have similes. I have metaphors. And it's like you read the Bible and it's like if you don't understand because most people don't read it through anyway. They don't and, and don't they, intend they, they to. They read parts of it and say, I read the Bible. No, you didn't read the Bible. It's, it's one book. You have to read through it. And so you don't get to get that if you, when some, some people say it's hard to understand, it is if you don't have a really good, even English, you know, knowledge of English and the English language because that's what you speak but not even even to get to the Hebrew yet but the English language but you through the English language you still learn Hebrew culture yes. and so you know how they speak you understand the things they use to describe the things around them to talk about judgment you know to talk about punishment to talk about um rewards the language they use but you that's how you get the culture and so I like that you went back and went through that because you know uh, people get crazy when it's like yeah, it was a, it's a blood moon well what does that mean you know, so what does that mean for you? You know, what does that mean in the Bible? King, you know, the you know it said the, the um, moon shall be the, shall turn red and be like blood, and it's like it don't look like blood, but it kind of is hazy looking. But this is what you know. This is how people see things. But I like how you describe that that earthen vessel, and that he was doing the same thing to the people that he did on Mount Sinai. Thank you. And that was really good. And it's you really get to see even a portion where it's, you know, Moses, where you talked about Moses, 
giving his having that spirit and having having enough spirit that he can give it to seventy men. But we talking about Messiah and he has the spirit without measure. And so there's gonna be even more and more and more. So just you know, seeing that um understanding that Peter said, This is that and so with that in mind <laughs> it's you know we've are we in history, where are we or would you say where we are past that point and what's the expectation? Okay for us now. See from my vantage point, I don't see us close to the end of the world. Okay. I I don't. I mean, and people look at me weird, but it's like I got a history of all this in the world and stuff. I got books with that. I believe that the time will come that either something catastrophic going to happen, or people going to really change, and I just don't think God has to come in and end it all. Right. To be victorious, He didn't have to end it all. For the world, for Israel to be victorious over Pharaoh, or the Midianites, mm -hmm. or the, I believe that I believe that He's going to show Himself strong mm -hmm. in the behalf of some people before. That's that's all. Yeah, because when you you when you talked about before about the last days, and there were more than one last days. So many. But when we start looking at it in terms of how the Bible describes how God has described what a last day is. And so you start seeing the last day was really never what we would think is the last day. Oh, it's going to be over. People going to be raptured out. The world going to blow up in nuclear war or whatever. And then we're going to be brought back to earth. It's going to be new or whatever. However they, you know, which, whichever, whichever way make the most money now. But we see last days in terms of nations. You know, in terms of especially Israel, especially for Judah, you you see that those last days is like this. This is this is your last chance to repent before the judgment comes, and the judgment is not that uh, uh, it's, everything is going to blow up and the whole world is going to disappear and the stars are going to fall from the sky and those things, but. He's going to send judgment to nations, to the nations, and uh, your time of repentance will be up. These are the last days for you to repent before the judgment comes. And it's, it's not so much the end of the world, but they, it just may be the destruction of nations. They had a great opportunity to repent, and they didn't know the day of their visitation. Mm -hmm. They killed all the, the husbands that came to them. And he sent his son, they killed him. He said he's going to take that nation and give it to another. He said he's going to end the world right then. Mm -hmm. He's going to give it to those. He's going to take it from those that kill and give it to so. those that would. But some of these parables mean something. Mm -hmm. well, so it's more so that um, the righteous kingdom will be ushered in. Mm-hmm. As opposed to it all just boom go out and then it's it, that righteousness will reign on the earth. It's got to, and that's why I've determined to make it rain in me. Mm -hmm. I can control that little bit. Mm -hmm. Now on some of that stuff, the gear here it it's not under a header 
and it wasn't as much but let me just give you what it had on the we're going to move down to the artificial but this was good so I just read it down it says rams and bullets a bichon lions eagles sea monsters or any other animals of prey figures used for cruel and oppressive tyrants and conquerors he kind of Bashan when he talked about them the lion has come out of the thicket the eagle came from Lebanon and took the highest part of the cedar there are the wheel in the sea unicorns that come down he uses those pictures to typify his people and to give his message of things that they were familiar with then it says ordinary occupation the customs of life and the few arts practiced at times were a source which the prophets derived many of their figures particularly husbandry and all of its parts from the implements sow to yourselves in righteousness reaping mercy break up your fallow ground put in the sickle the harvest is ripe I am pressed under you as a wain under a load of sheaves threshing was performed in various ways used for a variety of images of punishment arise thresh O daughter of Zion for I will make thine horn iron your hoofs brass in Micah 4 and 13 the operation was performed on rising ground the chaff was driven with the wind the fate of the wicked then I move down to the next one the vintage of the wine press many images of that then I move from there to the operation of tending cattle woe to you pastor you scatter the sheep like a flock teachers are as rulers or the pastors Israel is like scattered sheep the lions have driven them away then we move down to custom, customary deep mornings to shave the head and the beard, to retire on the housetops, the same dirges. Then it says the mode of burning the sepulchre, the size of the, the, the mode of burning the sepulchres or the size of the pit and their Hades or their, their Sheol, the state of the dead supplied many images of this kind. Then they had the barbarous customs of the time. You'd have people being drove naked, exposed to the sun, intolerable heat, the inclement weather, grinding at the hand mill. They would use those. Marriage relations supplied metaphors for the prophets to express the relation of the covenant between God and his people. On the other hand, adultery, infidelity the marriage bed breach of the covenant it has it gives us the illustration of no black siding children for I am the Lord that married to you Jeremiah 3 and 14 there were two women the daughter of one mother they committed whoredom with the idols they talking about Ahola and Aholaba he talks about the debility caused by drink drunkenness with liquor and he talked about the cup of drunkenness of Samaria. Then it says the method of refining metals are used. It says among the arts, they derive images from fuller, soap, potter, uh, pottery, fishing, bowling, implements, few images from buildings. 
Then it says religion and the things concerned with it. Furnishings, images that which is sacred, the temple, the Shekinah glory, the mercy seat. All of this probably is just giving you different thoughts in your mind of stuff that you've read. Then it says pontifical robes, you know, like popes. It says which were splendid, suggested several images, expressed glory. But remember, before there was ever a pope, the high priest had a magnificent robe that would make theirs look like nothing. And it says the prophet would wear up um, rough upper garment from the pots, the vessels, the utensils. And as I keep reading, I don't see nothing artificial yet. But I will. I will by Saturday. Cause I don't. When you say uh, upper garment. Do you mean the one that touches his skin first? Is that what you mean? That's you that's what I believe by the upper garment. Okay, cause I'm like it's. Uh, but you know, sometimes they have a girdle that's lower. Yeah. So okay. Uh, that I'm getting the point. Yeah, but I mean, it yeah, I it gave it gave the header, but after it gave the header, it left the header. So. What I'll probably do is I'll open it up wide page because I told you I had that film over my eyes. Because yeah. normally I can, I usually I can scope something like scan it, pop, pop. And so I tell you, when you when an ability is temporarily done, it's like you learn to appreciate when you have it. But I'm I'm finding that there's a whole lot that I enjoy that I enjoyed from learning that whenever I was going through the revelations. That, that's really good. That's really, so I should be able to find that then under Adam Clark. Yeah, but you you have that you have that in, you have that on the monster as well that's as what I was asking, yeah you good. got it yeah just just the introduction. Okay. And I'm telling you, you're gonna have a lot you're gonna have a lot to read. But what I did was I actually made it click on artificial. But it wasn't listed like that. I had, you know, all of the places where artificial is. And so I don't understand if back when they wrote, would they do something like that and then maybe change the word? But I will figure it out. I will not lose. It'll bother me too much. It's just, it's just something about that that I like. But if we don't if we don't pay attention to these last days that we're having, things are happening at rapid pace. Some people don't want to go to jail. Some people don't want to be exposed for what they've done, and some people don't. And they're doing everything to keep from having to go to jail, or they're doing everything they can to keep from being exposed to try to get things implemented. Cause see. What people don't understand is that the ungodly, if we can't have the presidency, we will take what's better. What's better than the presidency? The robes. If we could have the robes of all the college professors, if we could have the robes of the doctors, if we could have the robes of the judges, we could still control this country. Because judges can over, will be able to override presidents. Congress, they just go and sue in court, and then the judge give his decision. He becomes like a de facto executive order. That's why we need the Lord.
so many things that just open to change when they get ready to change it.